Outlander Cast is brought to you by the Tag Your It Etsy shop. From Outlander inspired necklaces and rings to custom designs for birthdays or any occasion, every piece is designed by Dawn, one letter at a time, and is one of a kind. Please take the time to visit Dawn at www.tagyourit.biz. That's B I Z. Tell her Mary and Blake sent you, and use the coupon code OutlanderCast15 for 15% off your purchase. As always, tag your mama, tag your pet, tag your it, whatever it is. I want you to admit the truth to yourself. What would that be? That you escaped Fort William, but you did not escape me. Surrender this, this pride that you hide behind. And admit that even now, you're terrified. Admit it. Welcome to Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Welcome to Outlander Cast. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name's Blake. And there is no baby Larson. <laughs> no baby Larson. No yet. baby Larson quite yet. Crapola. And I, I got to tell you, um, whew, uh, I'm a little intimidated to talk about this episode. Yes, you are. I am. I'm, I'm a little intimidated by it. I, there's a lot. There's a lot, and it's it's scary, it's intense, it's serious. I mean, normally we have a lot of fun with this. Normally we, we make fun of the material and, and have a good time with it. But I don't know if I can do that. And if you can, there will be very little of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm sure we'll have some fun with it. But I'm intimidated. This, this episode, wow. I told man. you, right? I said, hang on to your butts. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode... To Jurassic Park. <laughs> Sorry, God, I had, I I had to play movie. it. I just love it. So this episode is so was so intense. Mm-hmm. People have been watching it nonstop, responding with tons of different kind of feedbacks. So Blake and I have actually decided that we are going to split this episode into two parts. Yeah, because everybody, I mean, everybody wanted to say something about it. And, and I don't blame them because it is worthy of our commentary, not just us, but yours as well. And for us to, you I mean, you know how much we want to uh, participate with you guys and get the listener feedback on our show. But in in order for us to really facilitate that and get everybody's word out and something that everybody has legitimately to say, I mean, it would be like a three-hour episode, uh, to be honest. I mean, we, uh, the number of voicemails we have, it, it's insane. Everybody wanted to say something. So we felt it was a, the, the best chance for this episode to split it in two. Uh, so not only will we have this episode, but I'd say, what, maybe it depending on if Baby Larson decides to show up. Uh, what? What do you think, kid? Uh, not, like a week from now, maybe? Like, like I'm probably going to be in labor in a day. I have no idea. <laughs> Guys, we're going to try to get this second episode out as soon as possible. Correct. 
Blake has no idea what my body's going through right now. <laughs> I saw that video I put up on Facebook. Yeah, for those of you who haven't seen the video, Blake did put up a video this morning. We went out for pancakes, which is a mile away. <laughs> Thought I could handle it. It took me an hour to walk home. <laughs> and Blake was like, well, you walk so funny. I need to take a video of this. And so we talked about how I walk like a really funny person right now, especially while I'm having contractions. Um, and Blake was like, yeah, but we can't have the baby because we need to record. Let's put it so, in perspective. The guy that just won the Boston Marathon ran the marathon in two hours and 20 minutes. And you walked a mile in an hour. What? You are really rude. Do you know that I'm having contractions because of your child? Oh, what? No, no. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm putting it into perspective. I think it's hysterical. It's I'm, awesome. Yeah. I'm going to get I'm going to get those shock things. Whatever those <laughs> try guys had that was going around the web about trying to feel what labor was like. I'm going to find those and make you walk a mile. Well, listen, if you guys want to watch that video, we're going to have it on our We'll probably put it on the uh, website for this particular episode on <laughs> outlandercast.com. Yeah, I think I'll definitely do that. I yeah. think it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. Yep. Yep. Why not, right? <laughs> All right. So we are going to still have the tweet of the week and the Kendra thought of the week. But before we get into all this, Blake. Yep. What kilt rating would you give this episode? Oh, I – I'm giving this episode 4.8 kilts. Why? What's up with these points? Why don't you just give it five? No, I can't give it five because it's not the best hour of television I've ever seen. It's just not. Okay. It, it's not. So I, five is reserved for that amazing, like, show-stopping t- moment. Like, show st- like life-stopping television, like, moments. Okay. Okay? And while this was, it was extremely cl- close, I'll even throw a shot of whiskey in there, too. So 4.8 and a shot of whiskey for, for this episode. Well, I'm going to be a normal person, and okay. I'm going to give it five. I, I, listen, if somebody wants to give it five, I've got no problem. You know, if if they believe that it's five kilts, yes, I got no problem with that. To me, this—I've said this before. This isn't the Lost finale. This isn't Ozymandias. This isn't that kind of show. This isn't like Guest in the Leftovers. It, it wasn't. I disagree, but okay. it, I mean, it was very close. We can it, be stiff. We can still be. Fresh. Yeah, no, yeah. I respect the five. I actually, I respect it. I, 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 I applaud that. But it, it was four point eight. You know what? For that to come out of you, yeah, that's a five to the rest of the world. So <laughs> we'll take it's, it. It's on a sliding scale. Yeah, yeah. We're just that's Blake's version of five. So <laughs> I mean, we went from a two and a half or two point seven five to now four point eight. That's a huge jump. That's huge. Exactly. Exactly. So a lot of people weighed in with their kilt ratings. Susan Clyatt, Libex at five kilts. Very well acted and well done. But I am worried about how much is still left to cover in the last episode. Of this season, is there a lot left? Yup. Really? Yeah. Does I see? I can't. I I can't ask. And it's part. It's actually part of my my uh, my outlandish theory of the week. So I can't get into it. Okay. Connie Stanlin says a thousand kilts. Connie, love you, but <laughs> we don't have a thousand kilt scale. <laughs> <laughs> we. It, I think it's great. I, I. I. Again, I applaud the thousand kilts, but. Mm, a little too much. Because um, we only get five kilts. That, that's the rating scale. Oh I'm sorry. I'm not being rude. She loved it that much. She did love it that much. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Sherlyn Talek-Tack, uh said, Anna Forrester did a fine job, and the writing to TV is excellent. Five kilts and a mallet to crush BJR, and all the whiskey in the world 
to numb us all to sleep. God, we need that whiskey. I need that whiskey. Gosh. <laughs> Mariba on Instagram said, five kilts to be sure. The acting of Sam, Kat, and Tobias was is superb. I admit I watched it from behind a pillow and through my fingers Aww. after a shot or two of whiskey, but the rawness of emotion was not lost on me. And Jamie's lone tear was my undoing. Oh. Rewatch, maybe after stress reduction protocol. So Mariba, I'm right there with you. That was that was a really tough, tough, tough scene to watch. And, and b- bef- episode. Before we get into the recap, because we're, we're about to get into it, um, I've been thinking about the search in the through the lens of this of Wentworth Prison. Okay. And I'm I'm even more pissed off about that episode now. Oh, stop! Because no, seriously, a, a bunch of people were saying. Well, you know, once you see Wentworth Prison, it's it, you're, it's going to make sense. It makes up for it. It That's makes up you, for okay. it, you know. But I, I'm even more pissed off by it now because it didn't make up for it. And I'm sure it's going to get a lot worse in the next episode, which is happening two weeks from, what, the the day that May this happened. So May 30th, okay? So just so you're all clear, they're going to have a break in between this episode and the the, the, the finale. And I better have a baby <laughs> by May 30th or else I'm going to be cranky, cranky, cranky. Well, like I said, this episode was extremely serious and, and not, not serious isn't even the word. I mean, intense, vile, just unnerving. And we're going to build up the tension to this by having a song and dance. I mean, what are we doing? Re- honestly, I mean, it, it, maybe it is an affectation of the story that was provided by uh, Diana herself. And, and, and again, bless yourself if you have to, uh, because I'm saying this and maybe I'm the only person in the world that will come out and say it. But it, it, and through the lens of, of Wentworth Prison, that last episode was full of crap. There's no tension there's too, there's too much in this episode to waste time with song and dance. Well, let's talk about this episode then. All right, let's, let's get jump in. in. All right, let's do four point eight slash five. <laughs> I added a shot of whiskey in there. I'm really proud of you. Fun facts. Tell me about this episode, Blake. Who's the who? Directed by our girl, Anna Forster. Which, by the way, we can announce now that we will be having her on to talk about this episode and the finale as well, because she directed that episode as well. Uh, I'd probably say, you know, later on in in the in the middle of the break, I, I'd imagine, um, be, depending on how well things go with Baby Larson. Uh, but we will be having her on again to talk about these episodes and written by Ira Stephen Bear. Now, if you don't know him, he's actually kind of a big deal. He uh, was on DS9 with Ron Moore. He did the show Alphas. He wrote on Star Trek TNG. I mean, this guy has got some writing chops. And to have him uh, come on this show and write the, this episode and actually, I think, contribute to the next episode. It's a real, real steal uh, for by Outlander uh, to have this guy and to have Anna. I mean, she's moving on to a lot of great things and, and the really talented people. They are. So this, is, of course, episode starts off with the title over some really creepy torture stuff with that like Hannibal looking mask. Oh, that was great. And I just felt like it stayed on this creepy torture stuff for really long. 
And I thought, oh, I don't remember <laughs> reading about all those things. Well, I'll tell you this. Every I had a conversation uh, with uh, with Kendra, as a matter of fact, on Twitter about this. I was a little disappointed by this by this uh, little uh, snippet of scene, the opening scene, and not because it wasn't cool. It was great, right? It was awesome. I, it was foreboding. It was scary. It got you into the mood of what was going to happen. But it never paid off. None of that stuff was ever used in the episode. I mean, a mallet was used, but, you know, they always have something that directly relates to that opening snippet in every episode. Well, think about, like, the watch, for example. It physically was a watch. We didn't see... Yeah, we did. Oh. Taryn pulled out the watch. Well, I think you were just supposed to understand that these people get tortured, and... Truth be told, Jamie probably would have liked to have any of those things touch his body instead of he having to touch. No, I don't think he wanted those things to (laughs) touch. I think Jamie would have taken those scissors, that Hannibal Lecter mask, all of that stuff over having to touch little Jack Randall. I don't know. I don't know that Jamie would. (laughs) Jamie would cut off his hand. Instead of having dead. He might as well cut off his hand now. Well, it's not really of use. So, I mean, that's it. To us, we see that and we see a tortured soul. Jamie, obviously, in this episode is able to show that physically he can take on a lot. I mean, we've already known that about him. Mm -hmm. So we start off actually in the hanging garden, (laughs) for lack of a better word, the gallows, I (laughs) guess, is where it happens. Well, the prisoners are just lined up, hanging out, waiting to get hung. And Macquarie is there talking with Jamie. And I made actually like this big emoji thing describing the episode in all emojis. (laughs) I'll put this on the website too. They talked about, you know, hanging and how it's going to suck and how people poop themselves when they hang and how that's really not so fun at all. And they, you know, Jamie and he go back and forth about, well, maybe we should, we should not just go quietly. Maybe we'll give it a fighting chance. Macquarie's like, it's all right, man. I got this. So as Macquarie's going up, he's telling Jamie, my one last regret regret is that I have to climb the steps to see St. Peter before you. Mm-hmm. But then Macquarie's like, oh, actually, you know what my other regret is? Hey, I got his last words right here. To think my last view of the world will be a bunch of ill Ford, pasty face Englishmen. My only regret is that I wasted my life as a common thief rather than a patriot serving my country fighting against you law. To the devil with England and God bless King. Oh, oh man. That, that sound was brutal. That was, but I was loving him. And I loved the shots of these red coats because these red coats are probably like 14, 15 years old. Mm-hmm, that's what it seems like at yeah, least. Yeah, that's just their job. It's like the beginner. It's pretty much like the Boy Scouts mm-hmm. were sent there as like part of their volunteer duty. Oh, you have to go stand hanging duty. Mm-hmm. And here he is calling them nasty names, <laughs> saying, I wish I just spent my life trying to kill you people. They just looked so young and scared. Mm-hmm. But really, young was what stood out to me, and I thought, how this is how it must have been. You know, this is kind of like the easy duty. You've got a bajillion guys here with guns, and really, your job is the dirty, nasty job. Well, there's a couple of things about this opening sequence which I thought was a perfect way to open up uh, this episode uh, because it 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 gave you the foreshadowing that this was going to be serious business here, and just, I mean, just the, the way that these soldiers are just pushing these these guys off of. Uh, 
this like this stance. So yeah, that not they- even like what are your last words? You mm-hmm. know, you usually see these grand gestures of what are your last words? You know, Macquarie stuck his in. But yeah, I mean that guy right before him just boom, pushed him by, and that's the, the the sound of the neck snapping, and <sighs> and again, and I've said this multiple times before. I'm going to say it again. This show always rushes things. It oh it. I, I don't know why. Maybe they're so inclined. It's a big book. Well, maybe they're just inclined to yeah. You're right. Get to the next thing and make it make it obvious for the viewer and and show them exactly what they want to tell. But thank you to Anna Forster for taking her time and and her patience with this episode, with the conversation between Jamie and and Macquarie and Jamie still plotting to fight the British, you know, saying, hey, I'm, if you grab his if you grab his chain, you put it around his neck, I'll, you should grab his musket. We'll fight out. And he's going to say, no, we're going to we're going to get shot like dogs. Jamie's always fighting and allowing that to come out he, he, throughout this whole episode. Jamie fights, Jamie fights, Jamie fights. We'll, we'll get into that more. And he never, ever, ever gives up until obviously what happens with with uh, with Claire. But the one of the thing that I really like about this episode is that Macquarie is talking about wanting his neck snapped, so it just it ends, and he's saying how he's afraid of that actually. But if it's gonna, if he's going to go, he's going to go his way, and it never happens. He just sits there swinging, and the and the British have to choke him out essentially. Before, of course, he's talking about how he doesn't want the British to see it. So he says to them, the one regret I have for all of you is I wasn't a patriot. And how ironic that this guy was just a criminal, essentially. And now he's talking about being a patriot when it finally comes to his moment of death and saying, I wish I wish I was smart enough to turn around and fight you guys because you're all just a bunch of dinks, essentially. <laughs> right. And he, he, he gets pushed over. He doesn't choke out. I mean, sorry, he doesn't get his neck snapped. He chokes out. The British have to hold his legs down to kill him, and he's just oh. suffering. And the way that I'm looking at this is, is this indicative of the rebellion, the Jacobite rebellion? You know, he's saying, I, wa- I wish I was a patriot to fight against you people. And we all know what happens to the Jacobites. We all know that they fail. We all know that the British just snuff them out, essentially, right? I mean, with, for all intents and purposes, they snuff them out. And is this also indicative of the Scots' way of life after the Jacobite Rebellion? The English choking them out. And Everything, I wish. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I was strong enough to, to fight you, but I, I'm just not. And then failing and losing and then suffering as a result of it. Um, I thought I thought that was in, I thought that was indicative of the entire situation that Jamie is going to end up facing, at least in my opinion. Ugh. You know, he fell out, and that's it. Whew. Well, you know, it's crazy as a as a book reader, you're watching this, and you know that Jamie is not hung. Jamie doesn't necessarily die by being hung, and. You're really confused. You're confused watching this. And it then he gets pulled up and brought up to the gallows. Mm-hmm. And you really don't know where they're going with it. And I loved it. I loved because so much of this was from the book. Mm-hmm. And so much of, in general, Outlander is from the book. And I loved that we were in suspense together. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, 
I can be your hero, baby. <laughs> I'm not sure if that. <laughs> Jack Randall oh. rides up on his grand stallion, ponytail blowing in the wind. Okay, had this been a different story, you would have been like, "Yay! Just in time. It's okay. <laughs> he saved the day." Not this time. But instead, of course, Jack Randall says, stop the executions. And you look at Jamie's face and he's basically saying, holy shit, hurry up with the noose. Yeah, please, please. (laughs) Oh, oh my. I take it back. I'm sorry I punched you. I'm sorry I tried to straight. Please. Oh, no. Don't. No, I will. I will step. You don't even have to push. No, I'll just put it on there. I'll run. Yeah. 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 I'll figure it out. And instead, Jamie is taken away to a pretty spacious prison cell. Well, before we do this, before we get into that, how does BJR find out about Jamie Fraser being at Wentworth? Is it just word of mouth? Yeah. You think? Oh, yeah, and, definitely. And, and more importantly, what gives him the authority to stop the proceeding? Because he's a captain. I know, but and I feel like... these guys are like 14 years old. I know, but I just feel like that there's probably someone that's more in higher command. Not that that's outside prison. right now. I mean, as I, you got to see that courtyard. It was all 15-year-old boys. Yep. They said, do what you need to do. And here comes Captain Blackjack Randall, who even people who are high rank with him... Mm-hmm. They kind of cower often because this guy speaks with authority. Mm-hmm. You know how that is when you're like hanging out with your equal level person and then they talk down and they talk very stern and you think, oh, are they right? Yeah. And you and you second guess yourself. Mm-hmm, sure. That's what Jack Randall's really good at. He's he's very, very comfortable asserting himself mm-hmm. as we get to see in this episode. But when he rolled in, all those 14-year-old boys in their very nicely clean red coats that their moms washed that day. And he says, stop the executions. This guy's coming with me. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Okay, one less person for us to hang. And he's going with Captain Blackjack Randall. All right. Yeah, have fun with that. Bye. And, and here we go, too. As Jamie is walking by. BJR, we have this great, amazing slow-mo shot of Tobias Menzies looking down on Jamie, just ready to start just preparing himself to impose his will. And I was saying this a lot during the episode that Tobias does these little amazing like tongue flicks. It reminds me of Voldemort, actually, (laughs) (laughs) and Harry Potter. (laughs) You're a wizard, Harry. But Tobias, I don't, I don't even know when Tobias decided to come up with these tongue flicks, and he uses his tongue, of course, a lot. Oh yeah, but he has a lot of just oral, oral tics. Yes, almost like a little smirk, and they even slow motioned on Jamie's face as well. Mm-hmm. This utter terror. And one thing that I forgot to mention is I loved when Jamie said that his wife will never forgive him about letting himself be hung. Yeah, like because you know he's sitting there and he's like, oh man, I t- Claire totally didn't want me to join the watch. <laughs> I'm a dumbass. She's going to be really mad. Now I went and got myself hung. Well, maybe is it – you know, of course I don't know because I've never been in a death experience. But a lot of the time people say, I guess, that before you die, especially in a way that's like hanging or drowning or fire, like you're almost embarrassed by it. You're almost – like I remember reading um, A Perfect Storm and the the – the the author of the book, I forget the name of the author, and some of you will probably kill me for that, and I apologize, especially because it's about a people from Boston. Uh, but they they talked about the whole sequence of them drowning in the ship, potentially, and what it would be like, and then they the the the, uh, the emotion behind it was like, oh man, 
I can't believe I'm going to drown. Like, oh, I, I have like Red Sox tickets, uh, you know, two weeks from now. I they're going to go to waste. What am I, what is my family going to say about me drowning? Or, you know, and is Jamie going through that by thinking about Claire in a way, do you think? I don't know. I mean, I I was cracking jokes when I thought I was dying during childbirth. <laughs> don't even bring that up. Really don't even bring it up because I, I don't even want to get in that mental place. Remember, I was, I was mad because I was like, I didn't even get to eat. <laughs> That's what I said. All of my machines were going off. They were throwing oxygen on me. Couldn't find the baby's heart rate. And I go... I'm hungry. <laughs> I didn't even get to eat. Yeah, maybe you go to some weird place. Yeah. Maybe that was Jamie's weird place. And as Jamie is walking how, by... How romantic is he? He talks about his wife. I talk about not getting my crackers. I know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you were right next to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> still. But again, as we as we get into Jamie's mental place of what his embarrassment possibly or what his love of Claire is, we have BJR looking down on Jamie as he's walking by. What do you think is going on in BJR's head? Like, what do you think? Win a win a chicken dinner. <laughs> no, he, he's, he's thinking, I can be your hero, baby. He's like, oh, yeah, I rolled up right in time. Look at me, my ponytail. But he just has this look. I got you. Uh, it's, it's, it's the cat and mouse. He caught the mouse. The mouse is right there. Okay. It's, it is, I got you. Do you and- think he knows what he's going to do? Or is it just one of those things that it's... You know, he talked about coarse passion later on in the episode. He didn't want to give him the coarse passion. Is it? Is he just going? Is he just going by the seat of his pants, or is is he prepared? Has he been waiting? Has he been waiting for this moment? And has he pictured it? Do you think ever since Jamie has come back into his life? I would say yes. I would say yes, and also that's because I'm like Team Jamie, and that's what Jamie says to him. That's like Jamie's big emotional slap no you you wake up thinking about me mm-hmm. and um yeah i i think black jack randall definitely is super pumped thinks he can break jamie this is his goal mm-hmm. this is this is the ultimate prize right here so mm-hmm. you know to woo jamie jamie gets a really nice big sell and gets some food and the guys that drop him off say hey buddy you got it good I don't know what you did, but Blackjack Randall, he's taking care of you. And we then cut to Claire. Now, how much time do you want to spend on Claire? Um, look, the Claire stuff is 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 good. You know, we're her with Murtaugh, especially as she comes out of the prison and she is so in shock as a result of the conversation that she had with Sir Fletcher, the the head of the head of the prison. That she pukes and she's just she she's at the, a low point uh, in Murtaugh coming in and, and picking her up and saying it's okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take care of this and yeah there were some very special precious moments with her I think it really it stinks because it stinks that this had to be in the same part of all the stuff that happens down in that jail cell yeah because to me. There are very few things that stand out to me in Claire's journey. And maybe that's because I'm a book reader. And I'm like, I already know this. Uh, show me show me the stuff I didn't well, see. Well, I'll tell you, as a show watcher, too, like I said, Claire's stuff was good. It was it was good to have a break. And me, as a, as a – I'm the kind of person that I want to see the tension all the time. Like I, I want – I wanted more of Jamie versus Blackjack Randall. I wanted more of it. Well, I didn't want to take. I didn't want to take my eyes off. Of it. Like X Men, <laughs> oh. the, the the latest X Men. 
I, I only wanted to see Michael Fassbender as Magneto all the time. Because in him him interact with James McAvoy's Professor X, I didn't care about any any of the other crap. So people would wh- have a heart attack if well, this is all they saw was well, Black Jack Randall and Jamie. I know. So let's just say, for the sake of argument, that you do have that, that you do have all of Black Jack Randall and Jamie, and maybe I do get my wish of just them two sitting in this in this cell and going back and forth, which was absolutely brilliant. But then it's almost an embarrassment of riches. You almost become numb to it. You have to. You, ha- you have to get out of the cell. You, do. you know, um, it, when they when they were talking about making Iron Man, uh, the, you, you had to get out of the cave. Tony Stark had to get out of the cave. Same thing. You have to get out of the cell in order to appreciate what's happening in the cell. Well, since you know we're talking about Claire, I thought one of the most precious moments was, of course, a girlfriend did a very good job trying to fake oh yes i'm a very high class well-born woman please help me out but when she got the box of jamie's possessions oh yeah and inside that of course was the snake that his brother had carved him and his je sais pre um you know his his, oh the, the brooch the brooch yep and then there's also some fishing. There's some things in there that you don't know, but that's okay. But book readers saw it and we went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that really was so sweet. And then, as you said, she comes out to Murtaugh and is so overwhelmed by sadness that yep. throws up. And then he carries her. How, how about how about Sir Fletcher saying to Claire that he knew that she was a Christian as soon as, as soon as she walked in? Like she she was smart enough to see the Bible on his desk, saying that it was her Christian duty to visit Jamie. Uh, and he he says, "Oh, I could tell that you were a Christian right away, even though that she isn't like a real religious person. Mm-hmm. We already know that. So how full of crap is this guy? He's just being wooed by this by." By this English woman who really has done this a lot. I mean, she did this with uh, Lord Farquaad on the plastics. Yeah. Now she's doing it with this jabroni. Well, she's gotten really good at lying, and she was spending all that time lying before, all that time when she was with Murtaugh, pretending to be a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. So, And how about that scene, too, when she's gripping that box that you mentioned? And I didn't think much of it, but she's gripping that box. Like, they, they lingered on that shot for a little bit, and I can't wait to ask Anna about this shot because – it was there for a purpose. You got to see her wedding ring. Yeah, you, you got to see the ring, but it, it focused on the grip. And I thought it was really special because it's, it, maybe she's thinking, this is all I have left of Jamie. This is everything that there is of him. And, and I may not ever see this person again. Yeah. Well, that's how it is. I mean, many people are fortunate enough where their loved ones who pass, they get to say goodbye at a wake. They have a whole casket. But oftentimes they don't get that. Mm-hmm. And they do just get small little things. I mean, some people just get dog tags, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is exactly, this is what she had left of Jamie. Mm-hmm. And she, that's, she was just told, I'm sorry, he's going to die. No, you can't see and that's, him. And that's it, yeah. Here you go. You can't even write a letter. You can't do nothing. That That's the end of it. And, 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 and you know, give credit to Claire for trying to show up to this place and do the right. Because I anticipated them just storming the castle outright. Mm-hmm. Um, it, which probably wouldn't have been smart. Wouldn't have worked. No, it wouldn't no. have worked. Well, I mean, they did storm Fort William, you know, with with three guys with no with, with empty guns. 
<laughs> and that but, worked. But as the you know, it's it's a very different establishment. Mm-hmm. Very very. And oh, someone even said that that Fort William was to keep people out. Yeah. And the prison, of course, it was meant is to meant keep people, to keep people in. in. Yeah, I think that was Murtaugh that yeah. said that. Oh, yeah. so creepy, so creepy. So Claire and Murtaugh go back down to town, and they see Rupert and Angus playing pretty much like a Scottish version of Yahtzee. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I wanted them to be sexes. like, Yahtzee! <laughs> I didn't understand what was going on. But but you come to find out that the guys have been drinking and playing games with two Wentworth prison guards who let Claire and Murtaugh in on the little secret that, hey, you know that guy you were just talking to? Well, he is away from his office mm-hmm. for an hour. An hour each day. So get your butts back there. Go. <laughs> Go. Is that Go. enough? Isn't that enough for you? That is enough time for you to find Jamie, guys. And I, and I love how uh, Murtaugh called Angus and Rupert donkeys. <laughs> like, you know what I want to start doing from now on? I want to start call, calling people donkeys from now on. Please do. I, I just love that term. Just don't call it me yet. I'm not going to call you a donkey. You can't call me anything. <laughs> I can't. I'm- she- she said to me earlier today, well, as she was laboring uh, in that video, after the video, she's like, listen, no matter what I say. For the next few. For the next few days, maybe the week, just agree with me. Even if you know I'm wrong, even if, you, even if I'm tre- treating you like crap, just say, you know what, honey? You're right. No problem. And, and and unfortunately, I've had to do that now at least four or five times. And it's a really good thing you have. I know, because it's because I'm awesome. Because <laughs> I love you. So they go inside the jail. And Claire, of course, has this lie that she and, you know, Mr. Fletcher, <laughs> yeah. evil Sir Fletcher. I'm calling him Mr. Mr. is fine, too. I don't really feel like he's that good of a sir. That Sir Fletcher had said she could write Jamie a letter. She's lying, of course, and they're able to get in. Are we just going to talk about the Claire stuff right yeah, now? Yeah, I just want to get this Claire stuff done. Okay, we'll get the Claire stuff done. Because it's all in the same room, you know. Yep. And the guy kind of believes her. She then throws him for a loop and says, why don't you take a sit, a seat? Makes him feel really uncomfortable. And he leaves. A smart plan by her, by the way. Oh, so smart. But then she and Murtaugh are like, okay, look for keys and a map. And I sat there thinking, why would the guy, if he's worked here for years... Have a map. Yeah. It's not like they have visitors. It's not like a visitor center. You know? I was picturing actually like a valet key station. Mm-hmm. Like, Jamie Fraser, room, <laughs> room 115, here's the key. Redhead. You know? <laughs> like, you have like the Volvo sign or whatever. Yeah. So Strapping young I was Yeah, I was picturing a valet key station. That's that's what I was thinking about because aside from that, no, you wouldn't have a map. At least I wouldn't, mm-hmm. unless it was like a popular tourist stop. So they do somehow find the keys, and the guy comes back. They knock him out, and Claire says, "I got this." Mm-hmm. By Murtaugh. What? I mean, that's what happened in the books, but why? Well, and she, but it, her reasoning, I think, is sound. Well, I mean, relatively, I think. I'm English, and if people question me, I'll be less questioned without you. Yeah, exactly. And and if if, if they catch me, I'll just say that you got in a fight with the guy upstairs, yeah. and I left. Or if you get caught, you're getting me a gift. I just get nervous because Claire is not a ninja. She did not learn the ways from Ian. No, she did not. And so, you know, and she's going around to these cells full of, what, 40, 50 guys. Oh, yeah. Jamie... Jamie Fraser, are you here, Jamie? Yelling. And you know what they reminded me of? Zombies. They reminded (laughs) me of zombies from The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. And I got really, really nervous because I thought, girlfriend, shut up. What are you doing just yelling this person's name? Just whisper his name once. 
Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll it's Jamie. He's going to listen and hear you calling for him. You don't want to get these out, outlaws, yeah. these murderers, these creepy men. Well, first riled of all, up. Yeah, and, and not only that, but now you're in these prison cells and you're screaming this person's name out. Your excuse of running downstairs because some guys got into a fight is now no longer valid. So if you yell and these guards hear you. You're screwed. Yeah, there goes their alibi. But, you know, I don't, on the other hand, she knows she only has an hour. Her girlfriend's got to work fast, has sure. to be efficient. She doesn't have a flashlight. She doesn't have – you know what I would have wanted? And she doesn't know that BJR is there, by the way. Oh, no. So no, she's, no, not, no. She's, not aw- she's not afraid of him necessarily as she's screaming, screaming Jamie's name. She just thinks that Jamie's with the rest of the watch guys. Yes, correct. So exactly. She, she goes, and thank God for that old Dumbledore-looking man who says, oh – the guy that you're talking about sounds really nice and well-to-do, so he would be downstairs in the uh, more, you know, astute suites, mm-hmm. probably with like his own corner where, to pee in. Where those people, where those people are too good to spend time, like to be up here with us. Yeah, yeah. They're too good for hanging. So that's how she starts to make her way downstairs. And now, then eventually, she gets to Jamie. Now, do you want to save this for? Yeah, we'll come later back on. To this. We'll come back to that. But that's that's the whole Claire. Walking around the Wentworth prison by herself, bed. Do you uh, feel good with that? I feel good with that, and we, and then now we'll, we'll we'll just we'll go. So Marley, the Sparty guard. <laughs> wow, he was like Frankenstein, one scary looking man. Let me tell you, BJR comes in, totally shocks Jamie, and then takes it even further and says, "Oh hey, guess what I heard? You were trying to tattletale on me." Wow, that would have really worked well, except the Duke of Sandringham talks and drinks. And uh, what's this? Oh, a letter. Well, actually, before he does that, he actually quotes um, Sir Thomas Mallory, uh, actually from uh, the La Mort d'Arthur, which is the death of Arthur. And he says, whoso pulleth out this sword of this stone and anvil is the right wise king born of England. Oh yeah, it's when Jamie was trying to get out of his chain. Yeah, he Bless just can't heart. do it. Which means, and and the context, the subcontext here is great because he's talking about Jamie, who's just a commoner trying to pull the sword, sword or chains out of the stone, meaning that he would be worthy to do so, and he is not worthy to just escape or pull the sword out on his own. He is incapable of having greatness in him, like Jack Randall. You know, he he is saying that, in my opinion, he's saying that I could do this, but you cannot. And I like how he is, you know, they gave him this air of education almost. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and, and even the fact that they, re- they they referred to him as Esquire, those 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 two uh, guys earlier in the um, in the in the episode. They're, they're really giving Blackjack this air of education. And oh, I don't want to say arrogance. But just general, um, maybe pompousness, thinking that he is above Jamie. Quote, like, who the hell quotes Lamort to Arthur? Really? BJR, man. <laughs> it's just BJR's way, I guess. It is. But really cool stuff that Jamie is not the commoner that Arthur was. He does not have that greatness in him. Once again, this is just BJR squishing Jamie emotionally. Needling him. Yeah. Oh, look at you. You're trying to do something valiant. You think you're special. Yeah, you're but nuts. how and how great is that too because Jamie again this another example of Jamie fighting, doing whatever he can to get out. 
everything that's possible within his means. He's he's pulling on this thing for hours. God knows how long. You know, all to all to no avail. Well, especially in this episode, I wouldn't have been surprised if he could do it. Mm-hmm. Because you really get to see his strength when he attacks those soldiers out at the gallows, and even what he does later on in this episode, you know, to Marley and everybody. It's it's unbelievable the strength that a prison-bound Jamie Fraser has. And we've got to see him fight many men before. So he's a really strong guy. So part of me was thinking, oh, maybe he can do it. Maybe you are King Arthur. (laughs) You can do it, Jamie. You can do it. Oh, no. Guess not. PJR's here. So he he burns that that petition of complaint. And he's quite pleased with himself, by the way. Did you notice that uh, BJR is quite pleased with how the situation has prevailed, how he has gotten this letter of complaint and he now is burning it and saying, you know, this would have been bad. Ooh, what a, a total blackening of my character. And is he say, obviously he's saying that in jest, obviously because he, or is he saying that? No, in jest? he's not. I think he's being honest with Jamie. I think he's like, wow, this was a real close call. I would have gotten in major trouble. Do you think, do you really think that he believes it would be a blackening of his character yes. or is is he already is he already aware of how off he is? He he knows how off he is, but he has people protecting him and mm-hmm. word doesn't get around. But if the Duke of Sandringham came out and wrote this about him, okay. you know, it'd be a really credible source. All right, I see what so you're getting. So I think now. it would have really messed him up. Okay. You know, it, and I think he was complete I think the happiness wasn't him thinking, Oh, this might not have worked. I think the happiness was I'm gonna burn this in front of Jamie Fraser's eyes to yeah. help break him even more. And he's goading him even even further by saying, You just couldn't stay out of prison long enough you couldn't do it could you you had to go do something stupid of course that's who you are of course that's what you that's what you've done he does weird tongue things again in oh, the same area when he's burning I, I literally cannot say enough i i i cannot thrust any more praise onto tobias menzies it's like his mouth is a separate actor it is. It really, I mean, you focus so much. Think about the things that he did, you know, with Jenny with his mouth. And then later in this episode when he licks Jamie's scars, like Tobias just says, I am going to act with every centimeter mm-hmm. of my body, mm-hmm. every single millimeter. Everything, I love it. Everything that I have, I'm going to bring it on. And, and we look, we've all talked about Emmys for this show. And I can I can honestly say Tobias Menzies has thrown his name into this conversation. And now, put for, your name in the goblet of fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you did that again. Sorry. I was so shocked by that. You're a wizard, Harry. It took me a long time to find the sound. Um, he has thrown officially thrown his name into the conversation. And maybe he even has more stuff coming along with the next episode, which I'm sure he does. But wow, I mean, just masterful. And to get into that mindset, to get into that place, that, 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 like that. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, powerful. You know, to, to get into the, the time where he is just going to impose his will whenever, however he feels like he's doing. Like when he eventually, uh, when they eventually run into Claire <sighs> and he just takes his finger and he wipes his wipes to like her uh like her mustache yeah, area exertion. like right right above her lip her, her upper lip 
And he's like, oh, sweat of exertion, you know? Like, I wonder if that was scripted. All I know, I, I keep thinking about Anna Forrester and how she said he really gets into character. Mm-hmm. Like, you just... If like, he's, don't be around him. If he's frank, go. Hang out. Yep. Great. Talk, if he's fun. in BJR mode, he is in BJR mode. And I would not want to be, like, a grip boy or a craft table person. I would not want to be anyone on set on this day. And listen... These days of filming. Cat Cat was great. She was great. And, and Sam was great as well. But Tobias Menzies took this to a whole nother level in fact i'm going to say i'm going to come out there i'm going to a, a hot take for you right here ready a hot take he's my favorite villain on television right now and he is approaching favorite villain villain of all time wow like he is he is right there wow you know in the the people Who's he up there with uh he's up there with he's up there with uh with walter white okay he's up there with ben linus okay he's up there with hannibal lecter uh, these guys, and the great thing about all those guys was that they weren't just caricatures. You know, the, the, Tobias Menzies in the character of Black Jack Randall really had the chance of turning into a caricature. It really had the opportunity to be something that was just laughable. Like, how can you get to that point? It was just, oh, I'm going to... I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, it really had the opportunity to just flop, in my opinion. I, I, what I think you're trying to get at is that Tobias was able to take a scary, sadistic character and make him a nightmare-worthy person. Yeah, and but it, it's truly not, to haunt, like the li- like what we're talking about. These little extra things. Yep. That it's not just the words. Yep. It's not just the action. I'm going to nail your hand. Mm-hmm. But it's these these extra pauses that I'm going to take. Yeah, they, they're the – yeah, patience. Patience. I, I cannot stress this enough. Patience. Let this character breathe because the silence is scary. Yeah, sil- <laughs> silence is scary. Really. It is. It's uncomfortable. It's nasty. It's gruesome. Even even a line like he says, may I call you Jamie? Yeah. Okay, he's able to take a line like that and make it creepy. I know. And, and okay, uh, here, here we go with this. Talking about the Duke of Sandringham saying, you know, he likes to talk. And, uh, you know, word got around and we spoke. Now, when you, when you, if you're just a regular jamoke like me and I, and I said something like that, you'd be like, oh, he had a conversation with the Duke of Sandringham. But when he says it, we spoke. What does he mean by that? Did he just have a conversation? Did he do the same exact thing to the Duke of Sandringham that he's doing to Jamie? Did he torture this guy? Did he say, what the F are you thinking? What are you doing? And did he, did he give him a beating? I'm not going to say. Oh, but I'm, I'm not saying that he did or he didn't. But I agree. It's his delivery. Like if, if I were BJR, it will, I wouldn't be him. But see, I had a document about someone that could have really got me in trouble. And I don't like this person because I want to see them suffer. I would have come in and been like, guess what? I got the letter. <laughs> I would have just rubbed it in their face and be like, oh, and now it's burned. <laughs> and instead, he did it so matter-of-factly, but with a little touch of glee. Correct. And it was slowly paced. Correct. And, and I, you know, I already mentioned Walter White and Hannibal Lecter. The, the beautiful thing about those characters were that they weren't just evil for evil's sake. Ben Linus was smart. He had a lot of bad stuff. If you've ever watched Lost, he had a lot of bad stuff that made him who he is. 
he he had a lot of repressed crap. And I think the same thing of BJR. BJR has a lot of repressed issues, whether it's daddy issues, sexual issues. I don't know what the hell they are. And I, I can't even fathom to get into that mindset. But there's issues there that are scary. And it's it, he's evil for a reason. And that's why Walter White, Ben Linus, Hannibal Lecter, that's why they succeeded. Because they took their time. And they and there was there was more behind what they were than what they were. And these characters truly do, as I say, become nightmare worthy. And they have that quote about haunting dreams. Do I haunt your dreams since Fort William? When you awaken in the middle of the night, shaken and sweating. Is it my face you see looming in the darkness? Tell me, when you lie upon your wife and her hands trace the scars on your back, do you ever think of me? And soften. I don't know if Jamie thinks about you, but I can sure tell you that book readers have been thinking about him. And now anyone who's watched this episode awakens in the middle of the night. I wanted this to just speak for itself. I I didn't want want anything to – that I say belittle what they did or what Tobias Menzies did in that scene. I kept thinking during this this cell – Went while they were there together, I kept thinking, oddly enough, about Silence of the Lambs. There was this really haunting, like, wind sound that was played during the Silence of the Lambs and the, the conversations between Clarice and Hannibal Lecter. And that same exact sound was played in this episode. And I remember the conversation we had right after the episode where we were like, oh, I kind of wanted more, like, Bear McCreary kind of let me down a little bit in this episode. I, 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 I'm not sure if I can disagree anymore because it, it's not Bear's work that makes this work. It's the nothingness that makes this work. It's the silence. Because as we said, the silence itself, the time that it takes is scary enough. As a composer, silence is part of a composition. So I bet you when things were silent, Bear said and recommended that. I'm just saying as a musician, we, we firmly believe that rests and silence mm-hmm. are just as equal in value as music. So I I agree there were moments when you could really tell that Bear had written some lovely stuff for this episode, but there was a lot of lack of instrumentation and of music and that was on purpose because you needed it to be scary. You needed it to be unnerving. Yes. And how about that that shot? I, this was my second favorite shot of the episode and I'll tell you my first later on of when he takes his hand and he pushes it out to Jamie as he's talking about Claire touching his scars and he is making the motion pointing to Jamie almost and, 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 and laying his hands as Jamie's far away from him over his back. And you, the, Anna put the camera right in that direction so that it looked like he was touching Jamie from afar. Oh, I mean, I mean to get in, oh, I, I can't say enough. I, it, it, it's just brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, my God. Randall, of course, says also during this bit that I will have your surrender before you leave this world. Mm -hmm. What? 
What? <laughs> what? Holy smokes! That's really scary. And of course, he also says that Jamie escaped Fort William, but not me. I'm like so scared by all these things that he says because I feel like that's me. I've escaped different things, but he's such a scary guy. He weirds me out a lot. He also quotes. It uh, doesn't quote, but talks a little bit about. Brutus. Yeah, oh, which is ironic in, in and of itself because he played Brutus in the show Rome, which if you have not seen it, by the way, please do yourself a favor and watch Rome on HBO. Well, it was on HBO. It's it's a brilliant show. There is no no Outlander without Rome. He's just talking about different ways. You know, how do you want to die, Jamie? Do you, you want to die with the noose? Do you want do you want me to slit your throat from behind? It would be messy, of course. But, yeah. we, you know, we would do, make do. Do you want a Greek death like, like Socrates taking hemlock or Brutus falling on? his own sword just great it's so matter of fact too like you hey listen you can have it this way you you can have it that way you can die all types of ways but uh i'll tell you this you are going to surrender like before you leave this world and i can also give you a gift a gift of these deaths a gift of who knows what Mm -hmm. maybe something better than that but I can give you a gift. Do you think he is? He feels like he's doing Jamie a favor? Yes. Because he does say, I'm trying to help you. Yes. Stop fighting me. Do you think he's like saying, uh, well... Because you- I don't think BJR hates Jamie. He, it's really cat and mouse. It, this is a prize that I want. This is someone who I created a beautiful masterpiece of dead flesh with, mm-hmm. who is strong, who is strong-willed, who I keep bumping into. I mean, he is haunted by Jamie just as much as all of us are haunted by BJR. But he wants this, and now he has his opportunity. He sees a way that he can win. And that Jamie can win. So do you think that's why he needs Jamie's permission to like to say when he asks, may I, you know, or uh, when? Because that's the final way to break him. He doesn't he could just take Jamie. He easy. You get Marley right there. Mm -hmm. Hold him down. Boom. I mean, you saw even when he had his broken, smashed up hand and he took his other hand and he made Jamie touch him and he had to stop. Mm -hmm. That's too easy. Way too easy. Sure. To blackjack Randall. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and as much as as J- blackjack Randall is a despicable character, oddly enough, I think he does have a sense, well, his own sense of honor in a way. I think he has his own sense of of um, code that he abides by. Especially with people that he respects. I think as much as it bothers him that Jamie did not give in, I think he respects Jamie a lot. Yeah, he even says there's a part of me that would have been crestfallen if you did just give in. Correct, right. So I think he when – when it comes to people that he respects, he's going to treat them in a manner of in, – in his own manner of um, uh, being polite. Let, let's put it that way. And listen – you're, this is going to suck and you're going to die and it, either you, you're going to die uh, really awfully or I can give you an honorable death, a, a, a way that would a, – a way of your choosing. It could be quick. I could do this for you. You're going to die anyway. So what, why not make me do it? Listen, I understand if you don't want to see my face as the last thing you ever see on this planet. That's why maybe I could slit your throat in the, from the back. 
but you're going to die anyway, so let me help you go the way you need to go. Jamie tries to fight. He tries to fight, and it just makes things worse for him. He fights with his words. He says, you're the one that sees my face every night, and he totally hit the nail on the head. Mm -hmm. And And he does. Blackjack definitely does. And then poor Jamie tries to leave and... No, I'm sorry. You're not. You're not. Gonna, you you are not going to beat these two guys. So that's when Randall smashes, obliterates Jamie's left hand. Now, oh. I was really confused um, for this because they took his left hand, as I said, mm-hmm. and in the books, Jamie's left-handed. Oh, really? So, and they make kind of a big deal out of it. Okay. But I'm sitting here going, wait a second, that's his hand. And I did read somewhere that. They have made Jamie in the show right-handed because Sam is right-handed. So sure. it's fighting and everything. And they said it would just be too hard to have to teach him how to do everything yeah. Makes sense. right-handed. Um, so don't worry. If if you sat there and you went, oh, God, but Jamie's left-handed. How is this going to work for him? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it was just like a cool callback to the show, to the book. No, it was just a decision because Sam is right-handed. So, it, it oh yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't anything. I just I sat there going, oh no, you know, I always feel bad for kids when I see them in school and they have a broken hand. It's the writing hand. Oh yeah, oh, God, and they're like man. trying exactly, exactly. And I, and I like when they when they showed Jamie's hand get hit. You saw I didn't. Know, I covered my eyes. You saw the hand like flatten, Ugh. and Jamie. This was great too because you know the the normal thing. I think to do in, in just a regular production would be to have the guy scream instantly. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, but he didn't do that. Like nothing. You know, when you hurt so bad. Well, and this is Jamie. He, he knows that that would be to Randall's satisfaction. Well, no, I mean, but like he, it, it hurt so bad that there was n- nothing came out almost. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm being tough. So I'm not going to do anything. It was Holy F. That just happened. It was shock. shock. It yeah. was awfulness, and it hurt so bad. Nothing came out. Like his face was was contorted, and and eventually, eventually, it came out. But really great detail there. I like that a lot. And um, during this time, Randall decides to make Jamie touch him, and this is when he says that he will not give into coarse passion. Well, before we get into that, you have. Blackjack Randall saying, blaming Jamie for saying, why do you force me to treat you this way? Forced to hurt you. Hurt you. You're better than that. You're better than that. Is he blaming Jamie for everything that he has to do? Is he, is he, is he saying that you are better? I've given you this amount of respect. I think he still is trying to break Jamie. Mm-hmm. J- Blackjack Randall loves hurting people. Sure. He does. He loves hurting Jamie. It's really weird. It's really gross. And I think by him doing this, it's teasing Jamie. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, are you really this dumb? <laughs> you could have had a get out of jail free card a couple minutes ago. Mm-hmm. You're dumb. Come on, you're, smarten you're, up. Yeah, you're making me do this. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think, I think he's just being a bully. And then, continues. and then we have Blackjack Rendell forcing Jamie to look at him. Like this is when Jamie finally starts to pass out a little bit. And he's and he's he picks his face up and he's making him look in the camera. Really cool shot of it going in and out of focus. Mm-hmm. And you're in Jamie's POV and you're looking at BJR. And it was disturbing. It was it was disturbing to be in that POV of coming in and out. And 
finally he says, "All right, let's all right, let's go. It's it's time to it's time to wake up, and you you need you need to look at me." Why do you think it's so important that Jamie looks at BJR? Oh, he wants him to be present and with it. BJR mm-hmm. thinks he's gonna get her done right now. Mm-hmm. He does. He thinks this is my time. I'm down here in this cell. This is gonna be great. We're gonna get jiggy with it. <laughs> get jiggy. I don't. With it. I don't know. I don't know how to put this. In. I don't know how. But he wants Jamie to be present. Everything and- that he wants, he wants Jamie to willingly do this. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want passed out Jamie. He doesn't want whimpering near dead Jamie. He wants a very present redheaded strapping man. Sure. And that's why he then takes his hand, you know, knowing, okay, he's awake. Yep. It's time now. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he puts it on there. He puts it, you know, on little Jack Rendell. And he's saying, you know, can you feel that? He's like, I could, I could just take you right now. And he's, he's about to do it. And he's like smiling and he's just, he's, oh my God, he's in his moment. And then you see a sudden change in him. He, something comes over him that he didn't anticipate. He didn't, he didn't know it was going to happen. It, it just a total change of heart. And that's when he comes up with the, you know, I'm not going to give in to this coarse passion, this ugly kind of perverse passion that I have. We're going to do this the way that I intend to do it, which is I'm going because he could do it. He could make Jamie right then and there. Oh, yeah. Do whatever he wanted. Easily. But I'm going to wait till you ask for it. Yeah. I'm going to wait. I'm, I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you ask for it. And you know what sucks? That's really good. I like that. Is that I don't think Jamie would have ever asked for it if Claire hadn't come into the picture. Oh, hell no. And what, what's even worse, let, let's put it this way. If it weren't for BJR, Jamie's dead. Yeah, he would have been hung. He would have been hung. Mm-hmm. There would and have been, be no, I could be your hero, baby. <laughs> that'd be the end of Outlander. I'm sorry. And how perverse is that for the viewer? How awful is it knowing that <laughs> Jamie is alive because of Blackjack Randall? Yeah. In, in some sick, twisted way, you have to be thankful for this guy. Jamie's not. No, hell no. Hell no. But... Uh, I just he oh my god you know our our some of our favorite people uh, Marie and Erin over at Outlander Online asked me on Twitter after the episode so we really want to know does Blake still like BJR guess what gals I do I do I like BJR I like the character I like every, he is you like watching him. I like yeah yeah well I like the character uh, and not the stuff that he does. Well, it, it's a complicated relationship that I have with BJR. Okay, I'll put it that way. It's a complicated relationship. You like hating BJR because he is such a good villain. Yes, he is. He's okay. such a good villain. I sh- I'm just trying to clarify that you're not a creeper as well. No, I'm not I'm not a sadistic <laughs> creep like BJR, but I like it's it's electric watching him do what he does and it's electric watching Tobias Menzies. Like I remember when we were watching it together. I was just saying, I oh my god, I, I can't get enough of this. It was compelling. It, it was interesting. And this was the episode, in my opinion, that has saved Outlander. I mean, we had... We had saved some... Ug- this half. You haven't this enjoyed half. this half. Okay. I haven't. I haven't. I mean, Devil's Mark, I enjoyed. But this half of the season has been clunky at best. Very uneven. 
not a lot of. In uh, your opinion. Yeah. It, it, well, it, it, listen. This is what I'm. This is what I'm paid to do. I'm paid <laughs> to give my opinion, I, whether it's a hot take or not, and whether or not you want to listen to it or not, I got to do it. It's been clunky at best, and and that's okay because I think some of the story that was given is a little clunky. But this episode saved this this half. All seriously, and it was all on the backs on the back of Tobias Menzies. Well, keeping on with that, I'm just going to skip over the whole Claire and Jamie time before Blackjack Randall comes right back in. Yeah, because, because not a lot happened. Nothing, really. I mean, She's what trying you to save him, is, open the door. Yeah, Claire is, is there, and she is now the reason that Blackjack Randall is able to leverage his wants upon Jamie. Mm-hmm. And Claire and Jamie have this very cute try of escaping and beating people up and oh my god jamie how did you kill marley with that nail business <laughs> Just, that was, was so quick that was ninja he learned that was that. totally he ninja. learned that from ian he touched it's the adam's apple thing like that's why i have this really averse reaction to when people like come near my adam's apple i don't like it like even my wife don't don't like don't touch me there <laughs> i hate it so like that that's why you don't touch the adam's apple because he just crushed it like with that thing awful like oh oh my god and thank you claire for this bit of that that line saying i should have slit your throat at fort william because we were all saying it at the time why didn't you just kill this guy yep what the hell were you thinking i'm so glad she said that because he then turns around and says yes you should have done it and i'm gonna tell you you're gonna regret that small act of humanity and and so with with this in mind when he says you're going to regret that small act of humanity i mean it would be humane to kill black jack randall does he consider himself inhumane think of that he considers his tastes unnatural so yeah would that make him inhumane would that make him un inhuman Right? Is he beyond? I don't. I don't even know. I, I, I just think of the, thinking of that logically. Yeah. But and, and and then again, he touches he touches Claire again in that really awkward way. Like, I can't wait to ask, like I said, I can't wait to ask Anna about this because was that was that scripted? Because he's done this now a bunch of different times. Like he did it to Jenny with with, with the touching, like putting his finger in her mouth, and we know that was unscripted. And we know how he's touched Claire before. And now he's touching her again, just above that lip and just like taking the sweat off. He loves doing that. He loves just doing whatever the hell he feels like. It's details. He finds those little creepy details. I agree. Yeah, it's the details that make him who he is. Ugh. Well, continuing with the creepiness, he lets Marley handle her to try to find weapons. And he even says, you know... I'm not really going to watch this because Claire asks, oh, do you want to watch? Is this mm-hmm. how sick you are? I mean, she's just giving it to him. And he has that face like, mm, yeah, oh, yeah. maybe. Uh, maybe not today. No, not not so much right now, though. Uh, I was really excited about Jamie. <laughs> so he <laughs> says, you know, the, you're a lovely woman. But... I'm on the Jamie train right now, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and needless to say... You know, he's he gets the hammer. They get into this scuff. He gets the hammer. Looks like he's about to bash Claire's head in. And this is where you see Jamie break. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's like, are you watching? Again, making sure that Jamie watches. It brought me back to... Um, you ever see that movie, A Bronx Tale? I think I made you watch that before. A Bronx Tale. It's I the one with Robert De Niro and... Uh, 
No. no. Well, anyway, there's the scene. There's the scene where um, one of the main characters just beats the hell out of this biker dude in this bar, and he and he wakes the biker dude up after beating the crap out of him, and he says, "Look at me and remember who did this to you. Remember who did this to you." And I and it, it reminded me all of this like "look at me, wake up" kind of stuff that BJR is doing to yeah. Jamie it reminded me of that. Because he, he he took pleasure in knowing that he was doing it. He's like, okay, dude, are you ready? Are you watching right now? Are you ready for this to to go down? Because I right now am going to ravage your wife. And he knows. I think he does this because he knows it's he's not going to break Jamie. No, well, this is, this is how to break Jamie. Yeah. Jamie's yelling stop and he says, make me a better offer. Yeah, the gift of Claire showing up. The gift of knowing that she is there. And now I can do whatever I feel like to you because this is your weak spot. I have found it. And, and you, have, you have no chance of... And to prove himself that he won't fight, that his word is going to be true. Yep. He hammers Jamie's hand, mm-hmm. his broken hand, into the table. And also, in addition to that, tells Jamie, oh, not only do you not need to struggle, you need to tell your wife she can't struggle about this. And this scene, God, this, you know, the whole... As you said that... Tobias shined and he sure did. This is where Claire shone for me. Jamie, I loved all of the face, facial things. He did the tear. But when Claire is looking at him with so much pain. The chin came out again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so much pain as he's having his hand nailed to a table. I mean, you can't put it any other way. And like multiple times, by the way. It wasn't like. Ugh. It wasn't just like one hit yeah it was it was was multiple i think it was three or four smacks and then after that to kiss him oh and not just kiss him but like mouth open like top gun style kiss where tongues are out and like it was invasive it was he has done a great job at being invasive to both of these characters and he says we will remember this moment for the rest of of our lives. Yeah, and is that more so than the original beating that he gave Jamie? Um, I don't understand. You mean the words? Do the words hurt more than... Yeah, like, um, will he remember this more than the original beating of Jamie? Yes. Because he's finally got what he wanted? The beginning beating with Jamie was just chapter one. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of their relationship in BJR's mind. Mm-hmm. That's when they created this masterpiece together. Mm-hmm. And now... Now he gets to conclude this story on the most beautiful note in his mind. And he has that he has that look at Claire right before he kisses Jamie. He does it even while he's kissing Jamie. Yeah. He's like looks at her like, Oh, look at me, look what I get to do. But then even while they're kissing, he opens his eyes. Totally not supposed to do that, man. Can't do that. Not you obviously to do don't that. kiss that frequently. <laughs> and he's looking at her, once again almost like rubbing it in her face, like, look at what I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. And you're a man, won. you're you're strapping young jamie is not fighting not fighting and how do you like me now <sighs> and you know i i read i actually we posted an article about uh about this episode uh, before it aired saying how it was the this was some of the most disturbing stuff you've ever seen on on a television show you've never quite seen anything like it and i upon my first viewing of this episode 
to be honest, neither of us felt like this was anything new. Yeah, it it didn't feel like it was new. It didn't feel like we've seen nails in like we've seen we've torture. Seen torture. Yeah, we've seen torture. We've seen sexual assault. Sexual assault. We've seen blood. We've seen people talking the way that the way that they were. We've already seen BJR be kind of sadistic in a way. But then we watched it a second time, and I said, yeah. "You know what, Blake? All of this." Season, all really, all of season one, women have been objectified, have been, there's been attempt rapes, there's been, you know, you're the lesser sex. And you see that, you see uh, women often either get raped or sexually assaulted on, on shows, on television, on movies, but you don't see a man get sexually assaulted by another man. Correct. And not and in this that, way. Yeah. And that is what was different. Yeah. I think people were expecting to see – I mean we had already seen Little Jack Randall mm-hmm. in the flesh mm-hmm. in a previous episode. Maybe people were expecting to see that. Maybe people were expecting to see a lot more physically. Well, but- to, to be honest, I got to tell you, I'm still expecting to see Little Jack Randall because you don't <laughs> – intro- it's the Chekhov thing. You don't introduce that. But that article was about this episode. Well, I think it was about both eventually. Upon my second reading of that article, it okay. was about both, but it was mainly about this episode. And and that's, you know, the, during the second reading, uh, during the second viewing of, of this of the episode, episode yeah. I sat there and I said, no, everyone's right. This is stuff we haven't seen. Yes, I expected it to push in different ways, but now that I sit back and I see that it's man on man forced sexual, you know, sexual like the, assault, the kissing, like this intimate, like I, I hypothesized earlier in this season that Blackjack Randall is not capable of that kind of intimacy, the kissing, because he is sadistic. He is, he, he derives pleasure out of pain. Thereby, he cannot undergo something as tender, tender and intimate as a kiss. And in, of course, there 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 are but mind wide, you, wide did. ranges. He did, but Jamie was broken. Jamie also had his hand nailed to a table as this is happening. That's true. That's true. So, you know, from from now on, no matter what else he does to Jamie, Jamie is already incredibly in pain. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's not like he was like, "Hey, Jamie, here's my bread. Here's all the. Th- here's your nice sweets. Um, let's go find a down feathered mattress and go at it." Yep. You know, I, he's he's already in. So, does the pain. kissing do you think count as something that we have never seen before? Like, I wouldn't. I don't, and would you I consider that disturbing sexual, enough? I just think the whole sexual assault acts, having forcing Jamie to touch him. Mm-hmm. I think all of this. Man on man sexual assault is something that I know I haven't seen. Yep. And so those articles were right. As I said, the first time I saw it, I was like, I've seen torture. Like I've we seen watched 24. Like, like we, we get it. Yeah. But then the second time I went, wait a second. It is very different. And I like that Diana did this because every single time that a woman had uh, been – Attempt assaulted, whether it was Claire by, you know, Dougal earlier in the season, uh, Claire by Blackjack Randall, Jenny by Blackjack Randall. Or Claire by the, Cla- by the guards at the ridge. Or, yes. Yeah, yeah. All of these times, 
it didn't. It never happened. Nothing happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It didn't end up happening. And now something is happening, and it's happening to a man. Yeah. So the a, way to turn not that only around, a man, but Jamie Fraser, who in this episode they showed as so strong, and they have been showing that. You see, Jamie, as I said before, fight several men. You are getting the man of men, and this- constantly fighting, even in this episode. Yes, constantly. Trying to get away from Marley, trying to get away from the, the, the straps, trying to get away from the other the guards. And now he's finally given yeah. up. But what I'm trying to say is you see a very strong – it's not this meek, easily taken advantage of person. Yep. It's not what you know is often portrayed as feminine qualities. Sure. You have this alpha male. Yeah, and turning this whole notion of rape and – the whole notion of sexual assault on its head. Yes. Because you got to – let's be honest here. We all we all think of – when we think of a sexual assault, we're thinking of a man doing something to a woman because – I wouldn't say all of us do, but I would say that more often than or, not. All right. All right better, okay. Let's, let's, put it, let's put it better. The way that it's usually portrayed. Yes. Okay. Especially in television or film yep. or even you know books. Exactly. So now they're turning this whole notion on their head. And so I challenge any of our listeners because I saw a lot of comments about people saying, oh, I thought they were going to push it a bit more this episode or I didn't think that enough uh, happened or that anything different happened. People kept saying different things are going to happen this episode. And I, w- I challenge you to think about it now in that way. Yeah. And, and listen, did a lot happen uh, like Really disturbing stuff happened. Like I, I, I'll tell you, the reason why I gave it four point eight kilts is because I was everybody had built Wentworth up so much on social media, and like you, you were even talking about it with me. Like, dude, just wait. <laughs> oh my god, you know, like Wentworth is going to be insane, and maybe it's it's my fault for thinking this is going to blow my mind. And I know there's more stuff to come, and I and I can appreciate that. I can I can get on I can get on board with that. So not a lot happened. But how jaded are you for saying that? That's my question, okay? You do watch 24. Yep. You do watch a lot of shows where there's violence or there's this or there's that. Oh, well, now that's a different conversation so, no, altogether. No, but what I'm saying is think about what we saw. Think about what happened to Jamie. Think about this individual. Obviously, it's made up. Yep. But if this person wasn't made up. Would you sit there and be like, you know, say Jamie escaped and went and and lived a life as a baker and he was like, hey, I live a life as a baker, but I had this really, really messed up thing that happened to me. Would you sit there and be like, "Eh, that's kind of messed up. Not really messed up. No. You'd hear this story and go, oh, my God. Yeah, but this is through the lens of television, though. So you're you're already numb to begin with as it relates to television this isn't normal jamie stuff this isn't jack bauer who sees this every day this is jamie fraser who likes to hang out with horses and have sex yeah, with but, his but, wife but we, we, we you're not considering jamie you're considering the viewer as the the barometer the the viewer is the is the metric what is the viewer expecting to see right what what does the viewer want and regardless of whatever happens to Jamie, if it's so real life or not, are you faulting the buildup? Did the buildup hinder it from those two that you know two tenths of a point? Well, all right, let's say this: you. there was no freaking buildup from the search. I'll tell you that. No, I mean the buildup from articles. Yeah, buildup from articles. 
Um, or from a listeners or myself. Yeah, because I was told this is going to blow your mind. Like, there is going to be stuff in here that you've never seen before. And I'm getting to my point about this. Was there was there st- like torture and stuff like that I've never seen before? Um, no. But what I haven't seen is the sexual assault man on man. But what makes it, I think, stick with you, what makes it uh, work and what I think enlivens the material upon a second viewing is the silence. It's, it's the, oh man, it, it's just the, um, the time that it takes for it to all happen. And I, I can only, I can't, again, I keep saying this. I can't wait to talk to Anna about what it was like on set because it must've been tough. It must've been awful. So, all right, let me, let me, let me, let me bring it all back around here. Have I seen some of this stuff on television before? Yes, I have. I've seen torture. I've seen, I've seen sexual assault. Have I seen it in this manner? No, I haven't. But I think the buildup from all the listeners, all the readers, all the articles I've ri- written, like I've read, made it to be like everything you're, see- you're seeing is going to be groundbreaking. And I don't see this as groundbreaking. You know what I mean? I don't see it as like stop my heart kind of television quite yet. And that's why I gave it a 4.8 kilt rating. We can agree to disagree <laughs> on this matter, of course. So let's leave poor Jamie behind. Well, Claire saying goodbye was tough. It was rough. And, and, he, and he, I'm not even going to attempt the Gaelic, the Gaelic I, I, but he calls it the brown haired lass in, in, in Gaelic. As, and as says, she, I love you. Yeah. Yep. And says, I love you. And she has to go. So pissed off Claire walks out with Blackjack Randall and he's like, oh, guess what? I heard you were tried for a witch. I recently heard an extraordinary rumor about you. There was a trial held at Cranesmuir. You were accused of being a witch. Yes. Witch. I am. And I curse you. I curse you with knowledge, Jack Randall. I give you the hour of your death. Jonathan Wolferton Randall. Born September 3rd. 1705 dies and this was it right here this was my favorite favorite scene like the um the favorite shot of of this entire episode which was claire going up to jack randall's ear in front of the fire and whispering his death date into this guy's ear what an amazing shot what an amazing like Oh, just breathtaking. Breathtaking. And what I really liked as a book reader is I know what she said, mm-hmm. but because we're watching the show, you don't have to know what she said. No, you, you don't, don't, you don't, you don't want to know what she says. No, no. You shouldn't know what she and says. And it's so cool because it's not like you could have written that in the book. Of course, the whole book was from Claire's perspective. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have her say, and then I whispered in his ear. <laughs> 
the date I knew. <laughs> like you just can't rate that. You can't rate that, but you can do this on an episode, uh, what, on a television episode. And a great shot because it was the the fire, you know, behind Claire and Blackjack Randall. It's it's indicative of the fire burning within Claire for the hatred of this man and the fire of her um playing the role of which how beautiful of it is it is it of claire to play finally the role of which and say yeah you're gonna die by the way bt dubs and how do you like me now we're gonna take a brief moment from the recapping i mean or we can do it really quickly okay all we know is that jamie's mom was a hottie <laughs> everyone everyone bought her jewelry and freaking love this woman, all right? Claire tries to say, please, please, please help help my husband. Here's some pearls. And he's like, oh, I already got these pearls. I gave them actually to a woman. And she's like, yeah, that was my husband's mom. And then Murtaugh gets a little jealous in his face. And he probably thinks like, oh, man. He gave, he gave her pearl. I gave her boar tusks i i made them with my hands did this, this guy make a necklace with his hands i doubt it <laughs> i doubt it anyway and then of course the cows and Murtaugh lights up saying oh i know how to save jamie okay very exciting stuff but we but, need to talk for a second because there's a really big issue claire whispers so that's is that is it okay with like finishing up the recap there that there's cows and somehow Murtaugh thinks it's going to be okay. Oh, Dude. I don't want to finish the recap there because we still have more stuff with Blackjack Randall and, oh. and Jamie. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean with Claire. Oh, with, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Okay. All you need to know is here's some pearls. Oh, I loved her too. Well, the last cows. thing I want to talk about, Claire, <laughs> is with Blackjack cows, is when Blackjack Randall pushes her down the hole. Ah, uh, yes. And like, first of all, how did she not like snap her ankles or her wrists on the way down? Like, that was a big fall. She's graceful. Yeah. Okay. She's not a cat. She kind of like- well, actually she is a cat technically. Well, whatever. Um, that's that's why <clears throat> it was one of her nine lives. Like he pushes her down there, and, and that's what he thinks of her. It's just like another piece of shit, right? Yeah. Like just you're just another another dead body to me. Oh, and she sees Macquarie. Shows up, sees Macquarie, and she is at her lowest, the lowest I think that she's ever been. Even more than being in war in 1945, dealing with all the all the different like bodies and the and the soldiers. She's at her lowest here. Well, you've like just figuratively chosen, yeah. and literally. You've just chosen to be in a totally different time that you're not supposed to be in. You made the choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to be here for this guy that I love. Oh, and now, sorry, now he's not here anymore. Sure. Here, go hang out with dead people. Yep. And all these other people that you kind of don't really like. And again, being faced with Macquarie's ultimate fate, which, in, in, like I've hypothesized, I've, I've said in the in the beginning of this episode which was Macquarie is representative in my opinion of the Jacobite rebellion yes in 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 the face of death in the face of the Jacobite rebellion's death she still chooses to climb out on her own will by her own volition with all of her might and all of her strength to get out of that ditch and fight back again right she's stubborn man she's stubborn as hell but it's it's great because we had we actually when we were walking early we had this conversation about what Claire can do. Okay, so yeah, this is what I wanted to get to. Yes. So Claire whispers a date to to Blackjack Randall. Mm-hmm. Now, as book readers, we know what that date was. Mm-hmm. 
As TV watchers, you can assume that that she didn't say, "And you're going to die today." Mm-hmm. Okay, but here she is. Murta has a plan. They're obviously planning on going back to the prison. Mm-hmm. So she didn't say, "You die today." But now comes into the question. Okay, Claire traveled through time. Is she able to alter Blackjack Randall's death date? Correct. And because now, since he's informed. Will he do whatever he can to avoid that death date? Or could his death date now be today? If they go back with these cows, could they even kill Black Jack Randall today? Or, or here's, here's a question that'll blow your mind. Is what he will do to avoid the death date bring on the death date? Yeah. Is he like, oh, I know when I'm going to die and it's not today, so I can just be ballsy and do whatever I want. So Blake and I were talking about, you know, what is the time travel situation in the Outlander universe? And I know we've talked about this multiple times already. And I know I have like during listener feedbacks and stuff. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we came up with three different scenarios. Correct. And hopefully you know these different scenarios. There is Star Trek. Right, now, Star Trek- minor, well, spoiler alerts for anybody who has not seen Star Trek Lost or X-Men, X-Men Days of Future Past. Those are our three reference points. So if you have not seen these, okay, spoiler alert. Here we go. Spoiler alert for all these three movies. Okay, Star Trek. I'm talking about the new movies with the hot guys. Correct. All right? the, 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 <laughs> the new movies with the hot guys. That's how I watch Star oh Trek. Oh, my God. So in the new Star Trek movies. With Chris, with Chris Pine, directed yes. by J.J. Abrams. In the new Star Trek movies, they pretty much rebooted, except they don't follow the same exact plot lines. And they're, they even had one movie where there were two Spocks. There was the old Spock guy and then the new Spock guy, the hot one. And they were able – the old Spock guy was like, hey, guess what? You're in an alternate universe timeline, okay? So what happened happened in that timeline and now this is a new timeline. Okay, okay let, let me translate the Mary for, for you guys. <laughs> Meaning they an event happened and the original timeline from the original Star Trek that we all know continued on. But when this event happened, a new timeline, a new like dimension was created. Basically, what happened to Claire when she had her palm read? Ta- a fork. A pa- fork in the road. Yes. Thank you. Okay. She – well – Yes, she has two separate lives. Yes, living in conjunction, well, living parallel with each other. So parallel universes for Star so Trek. That is one parallel universes. Okay. Then there's Lost. Can you explain Lost? I can totally explain Lost. Oh, good, because no one can. <laughs> Not even the don't, writers. Don't even say. Don't you dare say that. They can't explain it well. Damon enough. Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. <laughs> they're saints. Don't bring them into this conversation. Listen, what happened in Lost. I want to see if you can actually very simply describe this. I can. Okay. What, what happened in Lost, spoiler alert, is they were on the island. They found a way to go back in time to change their futures. The problem is that they didn't realize that they always went back in time. They always did it no matter what. So you look at pictures of them in, in present time, uh, pictures like back in the, like the, the, the 70s, and you see them in the 70s. They were always there. What happened Happened. happened no matter what you do time is immutable time time cannot be changed okay so that being said so it, in the claire universe claire universe she what, always what, went back yeah well and what date she told black jack randall will be that date no matter what he yes. does no matter what she does it will always be that date yes correct now 
X-Men. Yep. Days of Future Past. Which is when Wolverine goes back in the future. Mm-hmm. This is what people do now. They're like, hey, we had a successful franchise. Let's let's just do it again. <laughs> Tell me the timeline in this one. Okay, so now they send Wolverine back in time to change the future. And guess what? He does. But what they say is time is like water. It finds its path. It finds its it finds its way back to where it came from. So you can divert the stream a little bit. But no matter what, it will course correct. So if we're doing the X-Men thing, can Blackjack Randall's death date be moved? Um, no, not necessarily. But, but the, the events, events that surround it can be changed. Okay. So those are the three options that we have. So you either have Star Trek, which is the parallel, correct. meaning two different ways he can have a different death date. Lost, which what happened, happened. Mm-hmm. X-Men... Some things can happen, but you still are probably going to have the same ending. Yeah, no matter so, what, it still it still happens. So we have to try to just figure out. We don't get to figure out. We just get to enjoy and watch and see which of these three different types of time travel scenarios. Well, here's the thing. Do you think she does it to change history or do you think she does it just to spite? She does it to spite him. Yeah. Oh, she totally does it to spite him. That is the worst thing you could ever know. That's true. When you're going to die? Yeah. People say that all the time. Like, I don't want to know. You don't want to know how or when you're going to die. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll get on board with that. So. I'll get on board with that. So that's kind of one of the big, big things. And then, of course, we do we have to go a little bit more into Jamie and Blackjack Randall. But thank you guys for holding on to with us with with our deep witch time travel scenario. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we had this conversation, like, honestly, guys. Actually, while I was uh, labor, having contractions. That's true, actually. That went away. <laughs> Thanks, baby. Um, okay, so let's go back into that very sad jail cell. Yes. Where Jamie is now with Blackjack Randall without Claire. And it's a relatively quick scene because, you know, they, they Jamie the asks. Interlude. Yeah, it's Jamie asks, is she safe? And like he he touches Blackjack's hand like, hey. I saw it as a touching as a pleading. Like, please, is she really safe? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is it like, is this really happening? Like, it's a moment of honesty in a moment moment of vulnerability from jamie like okay listen what's going to happen is going to happen here but just please be honest with me and for to his credit blackjack randall says yes i would have said show me take me to the window i want to see her yeah i get it well your hand is nailed to to the table unnail me oh my god and to blackjack's credit again this this type Give me his, an iPhone. I want to FaceTime her <laughs> and make sure she's okay. His own code of ethics here. He's living up to it for Jamie, yeah. saying, yes, she is safe. And he touches his hand, uh, Jamie's hand back. Yes. Gives him comfort. Uh, and how – I didn't know he was capable of that. I didn't know Blackjack Randall was capable of doing something he like that. He is very capable of being tender in a terrifying way. Yeah. And that's it. And so, of course, let's get started. Mm-hmm. Cuts open Jamie's shirt, is tender with his touch. Oh, yeah. Closes his eyes and he envisions... The he, masterpiece. He doesn't... Yeah, he, he, he even calls it a masterpiece again and touch, touches the back and just envisions what he had done. And it, it's great because Blackjack, from what I can see... He he needs to experience 
He needs to. He He's can't a very be, touchy feely person. He can't be told. He can't be told anything. He needs to. He needs to feel it. Everything that he does, he needs to feel. Whether it's uh, trying to take advantage of, of a woman or it, it's oh, it's oh, you know what it is? It's like um, that painting. I think it was who was it? Was it Thomas who's tried to, who Jesus was telling him about uh, his wounds, and Thomas didn't believe him until he had to actually touch Jesus. And say, and, and he finally had proof. Like, yes, I understand what you mean now. Um, the same thing. I felt like BGR didn't really feel. He didn't really believe it was real until he actually touched it and well, experienced. I it. also not only did he believe it was real, but I saw it more as I've been dreaming about this moment. Mm-hmm. And he and he he licks it <sighs> like he just, which is which is odd because as much as he needs to experience it. Jamie and all I, I, I got uh, TMI here. I got scars on my stomach from an accident that I had, and I have no feeling where those scars are. So Jamie, technically, probably from my experience, well, yeah. wouldn't be able to feel that. I mean, Blackjack Randall even says that. You know, how does it feel to have so much dead flesh? Yeah, I got that right here. How does it feel to be alive? It wears so much dead flesh. Shall I begin? Oh, it, it's it, oh, just remarkable. So maybe that's stuff. one good thing we can think about is at least Jamie didn't feel that tongue. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, that's a valid point. You could just sit there and be like, um, "Is he just breathing? What's he doing?" So we can we can at least have that moment of reprieve. It's great because now you see his his fascination with Jamie. That Jamie is alive in a dead skin, like a, a dead covering that they created together. Correct. He, they, they born this themselves. They created it together. It was the masterpiece. And that Jamie, the other thing is he gave Claire a compliment that she was very strong willed and that actually, you know, she's a good match with Jamie. Mm -hmm. And you need to know that once again, Jamie is a very strong individual. Most men would have died from that Mm -hmm. lashing and he didn't. And that's what makes him so special. He is the man of men. Mm-hmm. And now Black Jack Randall has him. You know, you really touched on a, a great point here. They created this together. It's not like um, Jamie is Jamie and, and BJR is BJR. It's not like Jamie came over and BJR was like, yo, I have a really high of hots for scarred people. Mm-hmm. And you're scarred. Hey, that that looks awesome. That does it for me. No, 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 no. That, that is not happening at all here. They had done it together. It, it's their own. It's their own baby, essentially. It's their own creation. And that Jamie allowed it to happen. A physically was able to have it happen because mm-hmm. he was so strong. But B kind of chose that route. Yeah. And and what's it like to live the life we created together? What's it like to live the life among this creation that we that we have blackjack Reno really wants to know how how are you wearing pretty much a cape of dead skin yeah uh, amazing 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 stuff and sam hewan his finest acting yet with the tear far. coming down the eyes widening like his, his finest acting yet is it as good in my opinion as tobias menzies no but it is exceptional you, I thought Sam matched him. This final, this, this, this final scene between the two. Yes. Even though not a lot was said, you didn't need to say it. It was everything that was, was happening all, all episode, all episode. 
it was it it, it finally um, crescendoed in this last scene. You know what I thought was really weird. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it now. Marley's just hanging out dead in the corner while this is all happening. Oh yeah, that's right, huh? I didn't even think about that. I know that's weird. Oh, it, okay. I'm sorry. I'm going on here, but as we're, as I'm thinking about this, you know, earlier he he tells Claire and Jamie, "I haven't even begun yet." Oh yeah, I haven't even like it's. I, and he says it about. I think he knows about the nail. Like I haven't even started hitting this thing yet, but I think he means really. I haven't even like you. You don't even know what's gonna happen right now. Yeah, like, calm down. And now we finally have him uh, making good on that. It's interesting how they decided to end this episode, and how, of course, we're now deciding to end our recap. We're ending it with this—the really horrifying beginning. Let's begin part. Correct. Whereas they chose to have this episode end almost on a lighthearted moment of Murtaugh. Well, you had to do that. Why? Um, I think for the viewership to leave on the note of Jamie being, if if it it were me, if it were me, I would have chosen that route, the the route of shall we begin? Oh, okay. I would have, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I would have done that. Yeah. But I'm not sure people enjoy television the way that I do. People don't enjoy villains the way that I do. I, I feel like, and to to leave on that note, it, it's it's a foreboding note, and and, it's, and let's let's also talk about the viewership of this of this television show. A lot of it is women. We already know that. I mean, th- a lot of men watch this show. We have some listeners that call in, and but most of it is women. And are are they? Do they want that? Like the general populace? Do we need the moment to breathe? Yeah, with the cattle and with Murtaugh. Correct. Versus, and it's hard for me, and, and, I, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. It's hard for me. You're just saying that there's a lot of tender-hearted viewers, yeah, and it will love this these characters. And I, I watch television in a very unique way. It's very unique to me, so that's why I can say I know I want to leave that way. So, as a woman, are they thinking? I, I wouldn't even necessarily say as a woman. Once again, I think that the reviewers and the people who talked about this episode were right. We did just see something that hasn't really been shown on television. Yep. We just saw a very, very strong alpha male be sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And is that something that we need to be haunted with at the last moment? Mm-hmm. Or can we have it, accept it, and have a glimmer of hope? And then have that glimmer of hope take us through... Yeah. Not only this week, but the next week, building up to the the finale. Yes. So, and no, exactly. Knowing that there's going to be this hiatus too, where we're not, we're going to have a week without it. Yep. How, how messed up would people have been? I mean, people are already messed up from this episode. They're saying that that they couldn't watch it, that they had to have their eyes covered. I know someone who did in this house and it wasn't me. It was me. (laughs) It It wasn't Reese. (laughs) It wasn't Godzilla. So... I agree. I, I've, I've thought about it back and forth. How would I have wanted this episode to be end, ended? And I don't know. I like I like how it was written. Mm-hmm. I like how it did end. But I just interestingly enough, I just think how different would this conversation that we just have be sure. if it ended in the jail cell? I think – yes, you're right. And I, my final thought on this episode – so far, and I'm sure I'll have more in the next in, in our next episode. 
Um, oddly enough, as dire and as lonely and as um, vile as this episode could be, I feel like this episode was rooted out of love. Oddly enough. Um, it, you have Macquarie dying and then realizing he has, he has this love of his country against the British. He wants to be the patriot. He wished that he wished he could have been. Jamie, uh, Claire is trying to rescue Jamie out of love. Jamie is doing, is saving Claire out of love. Murtaugh is carrying Claire out of a familial kind of love. Like, it's okay, honey, we'll take care of you. We're talking about the the, the McLaren or McLennan, the the house owner, talking about Jamie's mom, giving giving her these pearls out of love. And let's let's be honest here, BJR has this kind of love of Jamie in a way, uh, this respect for Jamie, like this. Ab- it's sick love. It's yeah. sick love, right? And also, he has a love of his his sickness. I think he really gets pleasure out of it. Oh, I hate the word love right now. Oh, I but, feel dirty with it. I know, but that's the idea behind it. I know, I know. There are so many versions of love. There are, and, and whether or not you agree with it, BJR has this kind of emotion, and I think he is in love with it. And uh, it, it may be displeasing to hear, and I'm sorry that if it is, but it's. <laughs> I, I think, I think I'm convinced. It's twisted. It's twisted. Twisted love. It's twisted. It's twisted sister love. Ugh. So that that's my final thought I'm for dirty. this episode. All I, right. I know you feel dirty. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's hear from Kendra. Hey, it's Kendra. We discussed the title card on Twitter in regards to not seeing the implements of torture come to fruition in this particular episode itself. However, we need to remember that a great deal of torture does happen on screen, uh, mostly psychological, um, perhaps a disingenuous title card, but not an ineffective one. My stomach dropped my toes and stayed there. Uh, it appropriately prepared us for a very difficult episode. And again, we get this oddly intimate connection with Jamie and Macquarie. Um, they discuss an unruled death and how sad that Macquarie has such a terrible one. We uh, really needed the bonding between Claire and Merton. Again, uh, Katrina's acting in the scene with Fletcher incredibly honest and beautiful. Um, we needed that bonding with Myrta and Claire last week to set up their joint resolve here. I just wish it had taken less time, but we have none left. Um, every moment here in this episode, no matter how brutal it is, was absolutely necessary. Not so much last week. Um, BJR is quite different from uh, the character he is in the book. And while we may see some convergence next week, some effort was clearly made to clarify BJR's murky nature. Uh, this has long been an issue with Diana. Uh, she states flatly that BJR is not a homosexual, rather an equal opportunity statist. Um, and while she says that, the text of the book just does not support that. It clearly states otherwise. I'm going to hold off on my final opinion on that until next week because the hardest part is still ahead. Um, then we see the petition of complaint burnt up and Claire's historical footprints gone. Uh, they're now lost to Frank. And no matter what happens now, Claire has no proof of her presence in the past. Um, and apparently reverse psychology works every time. So here's a tip. If someone suggests you should uh, alert the authorities, you probably should take them up on that. 
Uh, the moment, uh, the acting between BJR and Jamie after he shatters his hand, it's some of the most intense uh, performance of the entire series. Uh, the moment when BJR sweeps up Jamie's hair from his neck, it's so tender but so cruel at the same time. Um, and uh, I, I noticed that when um, BJR first drives Nail in and it only drives Claire and Jamie closer together, he has a look of such extreme anger and jealousy, and that's why he just pounds the hell of it out of it um, and drives it all the way in. Um, by the end of the episode, Jamie is finally clearly broken. Um, Sam and Tobias just absolutely extraordinary in this episode, and uh, they went to some seriously dark places. Thank goodness uh, Ellen McKenzie was so beautiful and wore so much jewelry, or they would all be screwed. Um, I'm going to give this episode five kills. I know I get, gave uh, another one five kills. This now is the best episode of the series. Hands down, beautifully written, beautifully acted. The construction of it was perfect. Um, only a couple of things that, you know, I, I went back and forth on in regards to uh, changing things from the book. However, it was wonderful. I am worried about next week because we have literally no time left and there's a lot to wrap up. Um, but we will see and hopefully they will surprise me. Loved it. You know, Kendra, you brought up a couple of good things, um, specifically about the character differences between BJR the book version, BJR the TV version. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to play this uh, going forward. The other thing you brought up that I really liked that I didn't even notice was how BJR kind of caressed Jamie's hair um, after the smashing scene. I, I didn't notice that. And uh, what a great bit of detail there, too, because... Ultimately, he does care about Jamie in his own really sick way, uh, and I find that fascinating. Uh, and then having almost this jealousy of Claire and how the nail does bring them closer together, uh, Claire and Jamie, that is. Um, and in a sense, maybe him driving that nail home is him driving the fact that he is closer to Jamie than Claire will ever be, uh, because as Mary and I talked about, he created something with Jamie and whether or not you like it or whether or not you disagree with that. Indeed, he did create that with Jamie and how important is that uh, to him? And he BJR now knows Jamie in a way that Claire never can. And listen, I know we've made a lot of random movie references in this episode and I'm going to make another one. Christopher Nolan put it best in the dark night through the voice of the Joker, Heath Ledger, when he said, listen, you know, you finally know a person best when it comes down to their final moments. You finally find out who they really are. And he says to the guy at, at, at the time, so I knew most of your friends better than you did. Would you would you like me to tell them tell you about them? And I feel like that is what BJR is trying to accomplish with Claire in a, in a little way. And, and thank you for bringing that that idea to light because they now know each other in a way that Jamie and Claire never can know each other. And I think that is it's sick, but it's beautiful. It's great storytelling. It's 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 exceptional material for compelling television. And this episode was the most compelling, and I agree with you, the most compelling episode that Outlander has put out so far. I, and, and I loved the Garrison Commander. I really did. But now looking at it through the lens of this episode, it, this this one totally 
it, I can't say totally, but it, 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 it certainly surpasses the garrison commander. But now it is time for the tweet of the week. What do you say, kid? Let's do it. This week's tweet of the week is from Primrose Andrews, 16. She says, I half cried because of Outlander and half crying because I forgot to take the mascara off. And it stung the crap out of my eyes. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I, I really like that. I thought that was really funny because in, in later on she says, I wish I were kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Primrose, thank you for being this week's uh, Tweet of the Week. And as always, you will get a $20 gift card to the Tag Your It Etsy shop. So thank you for being this week's Tweet of the Week. All right, it is time for Blake's Outlandish Theory. This Outlandish Theory of the Week is brought to you by Scotland's own Walker's Shortbread. So visit them at us.walkersshortbread.com for a taste of Scotland, and be sure to tell them Mary and Blake from OutlanderCast sent you. All right, I got this Outlandish Theory of the Week, and I'm not confident in it. Um, only because I've I've kind of blown my load on other outlandish theories of the week. Uh, so I'm going forth with this. I need you to bear with me on it, okay? I'm not convinced of this. All right. So we got Claire telling Black Jack Randall that he's going to die. Now, we don't know the date. We don't know the time. But I got to tell you, there's no way Jamie and Claire get out of this without Black Jack Randall dying. There's no way. And I maybe there's a way I can't think of it. I can't find a reason why they would get out of it because the letter hasn't gone to the Duke of Sandringham unless that is just a ploy. Maybe maybe he made a copy. I don't know. So the way that I feel about it is that Blackjack Randall has to die by episodes and for the finale. Either way, though, Claire and Jamie are going to be forced to leave Scotland. They have to because if they escape. If there is a showdown and they leave, the English government wants Jamie Fraser dead. He has a way, like, he has a written notice against him to die. So the only way that these two can live is if they leave Scotland altogether. Where are they going to go? I don't know. I don't, who knows? I'm, I'm just telling you. Um, maybe, you know what? I bet you they go. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm not sure. Okay, so you're just you're just saying they need to go somewhere. If I had to guess, do you know where? Oh no, that's Italy. My guess is that they would go to maybe Italy because that's where Bonnie Prince Charlie is right now. I would hope that they would go to a hospital and fix his hand. <laughs> I know, right? Ouch, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so my outlandish theory of the week is that Jack Randall is going to die by episodes, end, and Claire and Jamie have to leave Scotland because the English government will be after them. And that is my legendary theory of the week. What do you think, kid? I think I am looking away. <laughs> I am not going to spoil you at all. Should I? Should I already ring the bell? Should I ring the bell? No, don't ring anything. I'm not going to ring the bell. No. <laughs> okay, fine. I won't ring the bell. What do you think, kid? Um, time to close out. Yes, it is. All right, let's close out the show. Well,
Well, as we end this show, we wanted to remind you that Outlander Cast is brought to you by the Tag Your It Etsy Shop. From Outlander-inspired necklaces and rings to custom designs for birthday, anniversary, or any occasion, really, every piece is created by Dawn, one letter at a time, and this is, of course, one of a kind. Please take the time to visit Dawn at www.tagyourit.biz. That's B-I-Z. Tell her Marion Blake sent you. And use the coupon code OUTLANDACAST15, all one word, for 15% off of your purchase. As always, my darling, what am I going to say? Tag your mama. Tag your pet. Tag your it. Whatever it is. That a girl. We had a very special review on iTunes that I wanted to shout out to. Hit me. My three KBs said, found some new friends. Hey now. Yay. My three KBs says, just stumbled upon this podcast while waiting for an audiobook to download. Ooh. I love the format of TV series only. I am a multiple time book reader, and especially that Blake is a TV only guy. Plus, that he's a guy. <laughs> it's refreshing to get his perspective. No preconceived notions. Just what he sees in the show each week. Mary's constant Harry Potter references endeared her to me immediately. You're I even- wizard, Harry. <laughs> that was just for you. I even love the Twilight references. So bad, but still. <laughs> each podcast makes you feel like we're all sitting at the neighborhood coffee shop. Aww. Keep up the good work. See you next week. So thank you so much, my 3KBs. Well, oddly enough, that is the idea behind all of this. So as a reminder, guys, we have the listener feedback episode coming up after this. So all of your text messages, uh, not text messages, you're not texting us, I'm sorry. You better not be. I don't even have time to text other people back because everyone's saying, have you had the baby? Have you had the baby? Had- no, no, no. Listen, all of your Facebook, all of your Twitter, all of your Instagram, Instagram your voicemails, Tumblr. emails, Tumblr, if we even got it. Uh, if you send us smoke signals, whatever, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll get it on the next episode. Trust me, we are not forgetting you. It will come later on, hopefully, hopefully after our little lass is born. So, yes, and all of those information can be found at atlandercast.com. So that's our email. As Blake said, you can find us any way, shape, or form there. I hope I have the baby Really soon, so then next time you guys hear me, I'll be a new mom of a new baby. Oh, here's a new idea. I got, I got. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I got an idea. What? If you guys have questions for us after you've listened to this episode, yes. send them over. That way, we can include that in our listener feedback. And I think I want to make this part of our episodes going forward too. How about how we do that? I'm making the executive decision right now. I'm, I'm, I'm nailing the the, the hammer right now. Oh, Here God. it is. Ouch! Ouch! There it is. Nailing the hammer. From now on, if you guys ever have questions for us about anything, tweet us, Facebook us, Instagram us, email us. You can email us at outlandercast.gmail.com, by the way. Send it over to us, and we'll answer it. We'll talk about it. We'll have fun with it. So, uh, as always, guys, you can find us at theoutlandercast.com, where you can check out the Mary and Blake store, and including the famous Sassanock Wasted shirt, which I think you still have enough time to get yours in by the time the finale happens, and also... Check out the Support Us tab where you can find different ways to support us, whether it's through Patreon or through Audible.com or Amazon.com or giving iTunes reviews or doing the Mary and Blake store, as a matter of fact. There's all of those different ways to support OutlanderCast and Mary and Blake. And trust me, we need it with the new baby. (laughs) And no matter what. We're going to be really excited to hear from you. I can't wait. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Outlander Cast. I'm Mary. My name's Blake. And we'll talk to you again soon. 